right there They leave me no choice Said she was a model for a year and a half And if she took her pins out Then her hair dropped down to a calf I knew a man, he was just up north And would've got left up north But he was the chef up north Anyway, I'm K.I. Double All I do is get dough, spit flows Try to stay out of trouble If you ready, we can move Just lose your man or hit the dance floor I'll show you how to do my dance Or I might let you play in the garden Or sit up in that white thing And listen to the greatest of Marvin The estate got six locations Take so long to get to the Front once I miss probation and I hate to brag I know your man really wouldn't like the Beretta But he'd hate the mag And yeah, here go a blank check Rock yourself out But in the meantime, girl, knock yourself out Oh, uh. you modeling model? Uh. Knock yourself out Wanna let your hair down? Go ahead Knock yourself out Oh, you ready to move? Let's go Knock yourself out Wanna sit in the cool? Come on Knock yourself out Wanna keep on dancing? Uh-huh, uh-huh Wanna run in my mansion? Uh-huh, uh-huh now you can knock yourself out like you boxing yourself Or you can get real freaky, start popping yourself And my watch got so many rocks When you look at the time, it's sort of like you watching yourself uh, Front if you want, I puff a few blunts And take a cruise in the Porsche with the trunk in the front She had the Jocko Bajor sandals Told her hop in the coupe, blew her mind When she couldn't find the door handles Attitude, very high maintenance Check this out, ma, I'm running out of my patience Don't sleep with me, and don't speak with me And never talk bad about niggas that eat with me uh. Oh, you modeling, ma? Knock yourself out Wanna let your hair down? Go ahead Knock yourself out Oh, you ready to move? Let's go Knock yourself out Wanna sit in the cool? Come on Knock yourself out Wanna keep on dancing? Uh-huh, uh-huh Wanna run in my mansion? Uh-huh, uh-huh Sit in VIP? Knock yourself out Don't you just wanna be seen? Hey yo, honey, no, I'm waiting to leave Keep dancing, cause I like how that ass shake in them capris I'm like big with the murder mommies up in Belize But I still fuck a chicken head like Lil C's I don't care if they model, bet they all gon' chill First nigga to cook base on the farming grill And you might win some, but you just lost one Kiss miseducates them like Lauren Hill uh. Oh, you modeling mom? Knock yourself out Wanna let your hair down? Go ahead Knock yourself out Oh, you ready to move? Let's go Knock Wanna sit in the cool? Come on. Wanna keep on dancing? Uh uh uh. Wanna run in my mansion? Uh 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 uh. Sit in VIP? Uh uh uh. But you just wanna be seen? Go ahead, knock yourself out. Wanna let your hair down? Go ahead, knock yourself out. Are you ready to move? Let's go. Wanna sit in the cool? Come on. Wanna keep on dancing? Uh uh uh. Wanna run in my mansion? Uh uh uh. VIP, uh huh, uh But you just wanna be seen. What's up, everybody? This is Hatiana from the Heart Pill Podcast, and I'm back again with another episode. It is episode 10, and of course, I'm happy to be motherfucking back. The weeks are flying the fuck by. Like, where the fuck did summer go? Um, it has been rain, rain, rain. It won't go the fuck away. And um, yeah, we're here. Um, I just want to first start with my mental health check-in. So I would say overall. On a one to ten, I'm doing okay. I'm about an eight. I'm about a seven or eight this week. Um, 
And yeah, I just want to just keep it real brief. I'm just about a seven or eight. Nothing too crazy has happened. Nothing too, you know, wonderful or bad or whatever the case may be. But yeah, I'm about a seven or eight, eight. So anyway, we have a good show to um get into. So um I'm about to just jump right into it. Um, anybody who was anybody uh seen the motherfucking versus battle with uh dipset versus motherfucking the locks this past motherfucking week anybody everybody who was anybody tuned the motherfucking and um to be honest with you i was team motherfucking dipset all the fuck the way um back when i was in motherfucking school I wanted to be Dipset so goddamn bad. I was like the long lost motherfucking member. I had the skulls. I had the biker motherfucking chains that I was getting from. What's, what's that store called in the mall? Spencer's. Listen, I, I was down to the motherfucking socks with it. And these niggas had, you know, disappointed the fuck out of me. But listen, that's not to take away from the locks. <coughs> Let me say this first and foremost. Like... On a serious note, like, I have always loved rap music, hip-hop, whatever you want to call it. I have always loved it or whatever. So, anybody who's, everybody who's anybody would obviously attest to the fact that Jada Kiss by himself is definitely top five that are alive. Like, nobody has ever... In any in any conversation surrounding rap, nobody has really argued that really for real, right? So, um, coming into this battle, um, I mainly thought about like the theatrics. I thought about the different hits that Dipset could have played, and I wasn't thinking about um the locks and their hits. Though I think they have like collectively maybe like two or three. I didn't think this that this was gonna be a battle where um, individuals will get to flex, you know what I'm saying? They different skills and the different songs that they had put out throughout the years. And on top of that, I didn't know that motherfuckers will be performing in Madison Square fucking garden. Like, I feel like with this, this was how verses is supposed to be the fuck done. Like, first of all, shout out to the motherfucking DJ. I think his name is DJ technician or some, or, uh, technician, the DJ, and baby, when I motherfucking tell you, he was coming, first of all, I, clearly this man is rock motherfucking nation because he had, he was dropping old fucking Jay-Z hit after Jay-Z hit after Jay-Z hit. Now he did mix it up a little bit. I don't know who that other DJ was, but they fixed it real the fuck fast because as soon as he hopped on and he started paying fucking all the way turned up and fuck, I, I think he, um play motherfucking waka flocka uh uh the the ass clap so i was like girl what 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 are we doing what are this is this is supposed to be new york right now we need everything new york from the dj from the songs from the energy from everything and you trying to play down south trap music like get the fuck up out of here but anyway they had him for about a smooth four the fuck minutes somebody caught wind on a motherfucking on the earphones and got him the fuck up out of there and you know DJ technician or technician the DJ ended up taking the fuck over so for him to get up there and for about 30 minutes entertainers before the battle even started I thought was motherfucking genius I thought like this it really felt like a fucking concert like and I appreciated every single minute of it to be honest with you like I don't know I have never to me personally I have never seen him DJ before. 
but I would hire him. <laughs> I would definitely the fuck hire him. Like for an event, I know I probably ain't got the quaint for that, but I'm saying if I did have the money for that, he would be the DJ that I would motherfucking go to because he literally had, if he had a motherfucking, um, Y'all remember back in the days when we had like those little like uh mixtape like DVDs with all of the different songs on it and shit like that. He was clearly the DJ with no motherfucking skips. You literally just put on the goddamn motherfucking CD and just let it fucking play. But when I tell you motherfucking the locks came out motherfucking swinging or let alone not not even the locks but jada kiss came out motherfucking swinging my boy's price went the fuck up that night like not no not even just him for him and his group he made the price go up for the locks last the fuck night now we all know we gonna make it we all know they did they think on all about the benjamins we all know um this is D block. These, these, these quintessential songs that have been a part of the culture for so fucking long. But like I said, I only knew that these niggas had about three to get off. Like I grew up wanting to be Dipset. I grew up wanting to be, you know, a part of a shorty name at the time. If you're a real Dipset fan, you know that they had the girl in the group, Jaja. Like, I wanted to be in Jaja's place. Like, I wanted to wear the bandana. I wanted the skulls, nigga. I wanted the fucking Gino Green shirt with the crazy bedazzled motherfucking belt and the goddamn bike chain and the skulls. Like, I wanted to be a part of Dipset. Like, it was a whole fucking era. So, to me, I thought, like, it was a no-brainer. Dipset was going to motherfucking winch. How, when I mean to tell you... <laughs> when I mean to tell you Jada Kiss being the motherfucking animal that he is got up on that goddamn stage and embarrassed the fuck out of every fucking member of the goddamn <laughs> group when this nigga snatched Joel's fucking bandana off his head nigga I fucking lost it and it was so swift like he didn't like smack it or nothing like that he just was like whoop like it was so bro it was so funny like I'm talking about like he sunned the fuck out of these niggas first of all it was a lot that went on Jim Jones fell off the fucking stage he later got online talking about some um he uh he flung his like his ring fell off or flung like into the audience or some shit and he went to go walk off into the goddamn audience he didn't bother to jump jump down like a regular person he just went the fucking stepping like he was Jesus on motherfucking water and shit and thought that he was gonna have a safe landing no the nigga just (sighs) anyway um so yeah that happened um there was a lot of bravado. There was a lot of my cheese mo shit going on. You know, a lot of, you know, shoulder bumping and shit talking and all of that. But you know, if you're from New York, that's like normal shit amongst men and shit like that. I thought it was very fucking wholesome. Like I really did. It make me think about when I used to be around my homeboys or just be in a hood or whatever the case may be. And you know what I'm saying? All of the hood niggas is outside. Niggas got their bottles and niggas is drinking, having a good time, listening to music and they just shooting the shit. They, you know, might get in a tussle so they might talk their shit but it's literally all love at the end of the day um what else happened oh yeah um Cameron kicked the fuck out of Styles P <laughs> I don't know what the fuck 
So I don't know who the fuck bought the beach chairs to the goddamn battle, but um, somebody bought the beach chairs to the battle. I'm thinking it was the locks. From what I heard, I think it was the locks. Cam sat down in the beach chair. Uh, Styles P was not feeling that. He was trying to pull him out of said beach chair and he got kicked. And I was just like, this is going to get ugly. And not for nothing, like Sheik, shout out to fucking Sheik. Sheik is like, I don't know. Sheik, uh, I can see, I can definitely see why the locks works as a motherfucking group. I feel like, you know, there's a captain, there's a, a general and you know what I'm saying? There is a silent fucking killer. And I think that Sheik is that I never, <clears throat> To be honest with you, I've definitely listened to like Gangster um Gangster versus the Gentleman. I my favorite song by um Styles P is Fire and Pain with him and Sizzle. That came out years ago. Like that's not on no, you know, major pro and look, listen, I'm not no uh I'm not gonna sit up here and dick suck and act like, you know, I be listening to motherfucking the locks every single day. But I definitely have had my favorite songs by the locks um well not the locks but uh just styles p and jada kiss separately but i never have listened to chic luch before it's like he was never in my rotation with any fucking thing unless he was on a song with them and i think i really like that he had the opportunity to get on stage and flex his muscle and show his fucking lyricism like you know what i'm saying and like i said i think he's one of those silent like assassins and shit like that with niggas where you be like oh shit like this nigga could really motherfucking sit unlike freaky zeke dumb ass bro this nigga is a fucking stooge like he like one of them corny ass niggas like why the fuck are you here like who brought the nut ass nigga like he was really bothering the fuck out of me the whole night he was he was with all the fucking theatrics literally i was scrolling on instagram and um you know how them reels be popping up and shit <clears throat> this stupid ass nigga i, I remember <clears throat> they had put up like the throwback interview that he had with somebody when he was talking about somebody uh when he was talking about putting somebody in a full nelson and holding and then grabbing a gun and all of this other dumb shit like bro he is a super fucking corn and the fact that he can get up on fucking stage with all of these fucking niggas and have absolutely nothing to fuck to do except for to be the hype man and it was just like you're not even to do you're not even doing a good job being a hype man you literally are just on here making the group look even worse than they already fuck are first of all i don't know how the fuck i managed to have a fucking crush on jewels back in motherfucking high school and skip school to get the what the game's been missing i will never forget it was in november it was in the month of november <clears throat> I was in the ninth grade and I left school to go to Crossgates to go to FYE to get the motherfucking, um, the dual, the dual pack of the CD and the DVD of what the game's been motherfucking missing because I loved fucking Jewels at the fucking time. And to see him as a fucking adult <laughs> get sunned the fuck up on that goddamn stage, you got all of your motherfucking coins snatched from you, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Dipset got the infinity coin snatched from them. Um, Jim Jones didn't know what the fuck was going on. Uh, Cameron thought he was motherfucking Beyonce when really it was motherfucking Jadakiss. Jadakiss was the Beyonce of the motherfucking night. Zeke on stage, 
off crack. He don't know what the fuck he, he's doing right now. That nigga is suited and fucking booted the fuck up. Somebody didn't pop this nigga fucking perk and this nigga is off the fucking rocker. It's just so much fucking shit going. Are you serious? You hear this motherfucking alarm going off in the background? Anyway, and um, <clears throat> Jewels was supposed to be the nigga who the, who was supposed to come with the bars, and that's what I was expecting. I was expecting Santana Town. I was expecting Shotas. I was expecting Little Boy Fresh. I was expecting shit. Fucking um, I can't feel my face. When I mean not when I'm sorry, y'all wrong person <laughs> but I was expecting I can't feel my face Jewel was like man these bitches couldn't get on my level they never could all black phantom invested into the hood got a robber named Wood Dro open the door suicide dope like I was expecting child I was expecting greatness from these old ass niggas <sighs> Dipset is literally the equivalent of the bad bitch in high school who was so motherfucking fire who grows up to be fucking trash. Like that's what the fuck I'm I'm really <clears throat> first of all I don't know how I don't know what the fuck happened to Jewel's teeth. I don't know what the fuck happened to this motherfucking man, but it was clear that he was off of some fucking substance. And it was just a hot fucking mess. Like they said, he came to the motherfucking battle with, you know, a laundry basket full of fucking clothes dressed upon him. And he really thought that he was going to deliver it. And he really fucking didn't. To be honest with you, I am fucking disappointed. I wanted to hear fucking um crump music. I wanted to hear honey dip. I wanted to hear... Shit, it's just so many fucking dipset hits. I mean, um, dipset, um, not child, I'm all over the motherfucking place. Dipset anthem, hey ma, like all of these different fucking nostalgic songs, all of these fucking hits. Shit, even fucking bowling, like, and I do think that's Jim Jones' song alone, but uh, alone, alone, but I still think that it's still, you know what I mean? It's still dipset still, but anyway. Um, child, this, listen, the battle was fucking entertaining. I love the fuck out of it. Jada Kiss did not come to play with these bitch ass niggas. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love Jada Kiss. Like, my favorite songs by him, like I said, have been like, um, Death Wish with him and Wayne. Fucking Yummy. I know y'all remember Yummy. She was around for like a blip. But she got a song with him called Come Get It. You know what I'm saying? He got another song called Eat. Oh, my God. And his last album that he put out was very fucking good. He got a song with him and Dej Loaf and somebody else that I really fucking like. Um, The Keep It 100 song. Like, the, the whole album was just, like, great cohesively. And I remember him talking in an interview with his um, manager basically just saying, like, you know, um, I forgot the dude's name. It was some crazy name like Lucius or Infect. I think he named no, 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 no. What's what's the whatever the album name is? That's the dude that he named the album after the dude, and he basically was just saying how he wanted to cross over into a different lane. Like the dude was basically just saying like you got to push yourself. Like 
you got to get in all of these different pockets of music because I feel like you being one dimensional and he really understood the fucking assignment and did his motherfucking thing on his last album. If you listen to it, you know what the fuck I mean. Cause it's really like one of those albums that's like, it's a, it's a, it's a sleep. Like it's really honestly like a sleeper. Like if you don't really fuck with Jada Kiss like that, you didn't hear it and you didn't understand how good it was just like sonically and cohesively. Like you could let, you could definitely put on that album and let it rock while you cleaning your crib or while you chilling, you know, doing whatever you doing. But, um, yeah, uh, uh, Jada Kiss definitely came and took a dip sets, all of dip sets, fucking infinity stones. And I'm pretty sure like the internet was saying, Cameron after the fucking fact said, nigga, y'all niggas lost, not me. Um, and it just is what it is it was it was good to see them all come together like i said this is how the fucking verses needs to be fucking done and i had a hot take on um i had a hot take on uh, a couple of days ago where i was basically saying like yo because i was thinking like after the battle like yo who could have possibly went up against jada kiss because he literally like a night he he it was his night like whatever night that what that is jada kiss day like, I think we all can attest to that. Like, that is Jada Kiss fucking day. And um, what I was basically saying is, like, who could come up against Jada? And I was like, Fab, whole time, I didn't, I, I think I vaguely, I vaguely remember, I had to look it up pretty much. I was like, I was like, did Fab ever do, like, a versus? Whole time he did do a fucking versus with fucking Jadakiss, but I never tuned into that because, like I said, I vaguely remember it, and I remember Jadakiss doing a versus, but I just forgot who he did it with. So then when I looked it up, I was just like, damn, they did do a versus together, but that... How how Jadakiss and Fab battle, like they were supposed to have their moment at Madison Square Garden. That was supposed to be a fucking moment for hip hop because I feel like they are both two very talented, underrated artists and they should have did their fucking thing on that goddamn stage. And for me to only vaguely remember that is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because I was thinking to myself, who could actually come up against this man and hold his fucking own? It definitely would fucking be Fab. Um... Now, like I said, I didn't watch the shit, but um, uh, 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 Fab's catalog is crazy. You know what I'm saying? From the beginning of his career to now. Fab's catalog is crazy shit. The fucking soul tapes alone max the fuck out. Like, you, that's definitely no skip worthy. Like, so I don't know Fab as a performer, but... If he would have, if he would have came with his competitive nature like Jada did, and you know they had a whole project together, Freddie versus Jason and shit like that, and not for nothing, if you listen to the song Freddie versus Jason, Jada ate the fuck out of Fab. So I'm not saying at all that Fab would have won that versus. I'm just saying that it would have been more entertaining on that stage in Madison Square Garden with you know the entire fucking New York coming out to see a fucking versus like. That's the way you supposed to fucking do it. This is going to be one of these moments in hip hop fucking history that we all going to look back on. And, you know, I'm the kind of person, anytime I see like, especially like movies or like TV shows and different things like that, like it's very rare these days that I'm, that I'm going to watch something more than once. Like if I watch something more than once, that means it was very fucking good. Like not for nothing. I know this is like off track or whatever, but, um, what was it? Cruella just had came out. 
what, like maybe like a month ago or whatever the case may be, Cruella is one of those fucking movies that I will watch again because it was that good. Like it really brought it to me. Like there's, it's, I'm telling y'all, I'm very like picky when it comes to quality fucking shit. And when I tell you Shorty did her thing. What her, what's her name? Like Emma Stone. I think her name is, I want to say her name is Emma Stone. I don't want to disrespect her, but I think her name is Emma Stone. She, I really hope her name is Emma Stone. She did her thing in that movie. But whoever Shorty name, whatever her name is, she did her thing in that movie. And I was very fucking pleased. So anyway, um, yeah. Shout out to fucking New York City, my nigga. I was so the fuck, I was so upset that I was sitting here in my living room watching this shit on fucking TV and not there in Madison Square Garden. Like, I literally wanted to be there. Like, I lit, you, that was one of those things, like, where you literally want to be a part of history. Like, you really want, you know what I'm saying? You really want to feel that vibe because you know, like, this shit, like, once they got into the fucking battle... And we spent like the 30 minutes with the DJ and shit like that. Not taking nothing away from him because he definitely kept us entertained. But like once they got on stage and started doing their thing and shit like that, you knew like this was going to be major. So anyway, shout out to them. Huge, huge shout out to Dipset and the motherfucking locks. Um, if, if, if you don't know, now you know. Jada Kiss is the king of new fucking York. Top five dead or a fucking live. Price that went the fuck up. Anyway, I done spent 20 fucking minutes talking about fucking the versus fucking battle. Let me, let, speaking of prices going the fuck up, can we talk about Rihanna being a motherfucking billionaire? Shout out to Shorty. I've been watching Rihanna her whole entire her whole entire music career. Now, I'm not going to say I was a super fan, like when she had, you know, um, Pun the Replay and all of those other kind of different things come out. I was kind of like, when after she, respectfully, after she done had her little spat and got beat the fuck up by Chris Brown and shit like that, once she decided to change her image and she was like rated R, Rihanna, when she was, you know what I'm saying, run this town, when she, when she became her own fucking entity and really started owning her own image and was less like pop and really just like just a bad bitch just putting out fucking music that's when I really started to respect her as an artist and you really do have to respect Rihanna as an artist because she does exactly what the fuck she wants to do how the fuck she wants to do it I don't know And she has complete creative control over like her image and the music that she puts out and different things like that. But listen, everything from her fucking style, everything from her catalog of fucking music hits after hits after hits after hits for her to then cross over and get in a motherfucking beauty, then to get into the lingerie business and, you know, just, just clothing business period. And, um, to speak to like diversity and inclusivity, like she is doing her motherfucking shit. So the fact that she is a fucking billionaire, one point fucking seven to be exact right behind motherfucking Oprah, wealthiest musician in the world, but second, second, wealthiest entertainer right behind motherfucking Oprah. So shout out to fucking Rihanna being a boss ass motherfucking bitch. Excuse me, a boss ass motherfucking woman, a boss ass motherfucking queen, get into her bag and remaining true to her fucking self. Rihanna is literally the quintessential she's really she's really one of those shorties that's like cool for real. And any 
like cool cool like you know you get certain shorties on the internet who portray or try to be cool or whatever the case may be like no that's really her vibe like that's really who the fuck she is because i've heard i've listened to different interviews with different people who say like yo if you think rihanna is one if you really think rihanna is just like this cool it's, it's better it's times 10 when you meet her like she makes you feel like family she's you know she's engaged with you she's asking you questions she's having a good time like she's really a vibe so I, I love to hear shit like that because there's so many fucking pretty corny bitches out here. Like it's so dope to hear that one of the women who is influential to me, not to say that I'm, I'm not going to say that I look up, up to Rihanna. I do admire her as an artist. I admire her as a businesswoman. I admire her as a fucking icon, but I wouldn't say like, she's like my idol. I, I don't believe in the whole idol thing, but I do definitely tip my motherfucking hat to her when it comes to, like I said, just being an authentic, badass motherfucking bitch and just getting out here to this fucking bag and, and, and owning who the fuck you are, big forehead and all. Shout out to you, my five head sister but um <laughs> seriously like yo 1.7 billion nigga that's why shorty that's why shorty out here moving how she moved that's how she listen to make that much money to continue to be your authentic self to be a fashionista to be the one of literally if not the coolest motherfuckers in the goddamn industry you ain't had to get shit enhanced you literally are yourself you own it that is what everybody should aspire to be you know what i'm saying like it's just, like I said, it's just a beautiful thing. And I'm super motherfucking proud of her. So again, shout out to, shout out to Miss Fenty. Shout out to Robin. You know what I'm saying? For doing her motherfucking thing and hitting that $1.7 billion. And I hope she running the fuck up more on all of these motherfucking naysayers, these vampires and these motherfucking bloodsuckers. Anyway, moving right along. So shout out to my homeboy. Um, he actually hit me up, what was that, this, this weekend? He hit me up a couple of days ago and, um, <laughs> he was like, yo, Hati, I got a question. So I'm like, what's up? <laughs> Cause he literally always, he always, answer, he always, he always says my name as if he's not in my inbox. Like, <laughs> like they can just talk. But anyway, so he hits me up. And he asks me for a piece of advice because he is now seeing this young lady who he's very interested in. He's been single for a long time. And he said, do you think it's weird for a woman to say that, you know, she's going to be looking for red flags when it comes to you or she she's waiting for them to pop up or whatever the case may be. So my rebuttal to that is absolutely the fuck yes. At the end of the day, when you are readily looking for red flags and things to look out for from people, you absolutely will find them. I'm a person who likes to go into any situation with an open mind. I don't like to project bullshit on anyone. What happened? What has happened in my past is definitely my past. I am definitely going to be cautious when I go into new situations, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to live out my life in fear 
hoping or, or, or knowing that somebody is going to fuck me over because if that's what the fuck I'm looking for, that's exactly what I'm going to get. And for somebody who was purposely going out their way to look into, um, finding different flaws about you so that they can be like, aha, I knew you wasn't shit. They'll definitely find them. So I told him me personally, I wouldn't waste my motherfucking time on someone who is definitely going to self-sabotage the situation because that's what's going to happen. And it sounded like she was insecure. So as he decided to tell me more about it, he, he brought up that she is insecure about her weight or what have you or whatever the case may be. And she kind of puts herself down. And my other rebuttal to that was nobody should be going out into this dating field and be pursuing anybody seriously when they haven't worked on themselves and you're not confident because this world will literally chew you the fuck up. Hypothetically, let's say that he ended up entertaining this girl, right? She would indefinitely use this man. Say he like tells her all of the wonderful things about herself. He reassures her in every single way and all of a sudden, blah, 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 blah. She would constantly be looking at him for validation. And when she didn't receive that validation, um, be it, I'm not, I'm not by any means saying that he would try to put her down or anything, but if he was ever in a situation where he did put her down, her self-esteem would crumble or say one day for a hundred days straight, he called her beautiful, gave her her daily affirmations or whatever the case may be on and on day 101, especially if she, especially if she is a creature of fucking habit like myself and she realized that he didn't tell her she was beautiful that day, she would go and seek that validation from somebody else. So that's what I'm saying. It's a dangerous game when you end up in a situation with somebody who doesn't feel confident about themselves. I think we are all insecure about something, but we all don't, you know, inhibit or, and we don't all have to embody, um, being completely insecure. We don't have to make that our personality trait. You get me like me, I'm insecure about my scars or whatever the case may be, but I'm not letting it be a burden on my life to the point where I'm not going to, um, uh, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm holding myself back from forming relationships with people because they might see them because at the end of the day, it is what it is. If that person doesn't understand, like this is just me and who I am for right now, then that's totally the fuck fine. That person just wasn't supposed to be with me in the fucking first place. If they can't see that, you know, everybody is flawed in their different kind of ways or whatever the case may be. But you know, my whole thing is just like, I don't want to be somebody's crutch or somebody to look for when it comes to validating them for who the fuck they are. I want them to be very sure about who the fuck they are as a person because I'm very I'm very sure about who I am as a person. Flaws and fucking all. You can't tell me shit about Hatiana. You can't. You literally can't tell me shit about me. So my whole thing is, is just like, you don't want to be dealing with a woman who is one insecure. And then on top of that, looking for red flags from you when whole time, like shorty, what you're doing is you're giving the red flags. And he told me that he was like, yo, like I'm telling her like, yo, you're showing the red flags. Like you're showing me everything that I need to see that's wrong with you right now. So I basically told him to ditch ditch the situation, but you know, that was me. That was me from the no nonsense side. Right. But after I gave the situation some thought and I came back to it and I told him like, you know, there are, I'm going to say, 
the other side of that is that there are probably 2% of the people in the world who maybe think like her and who are willing to change. What I, excuse me, what I basically told him is that if he's going to entertain this girl, then that she needs to, he needs to express to her that she needs to heal. And at this point, he's not looking for any hookup. He expressed this to me. He's not looking for any hookup. He's looking for some something serious. He really digs her and he wants to give her a chance. And I had to tell him, you know, if you're going to give this girl a chance, you're going to have to, you're going to have to understand patience. You're going to have to tell her or at least advise her and take a step back and be like, yo, we can be cool. Um, and he has his own stuff going on as well. What he also told me is that he needs to work on himself in order to be husband material, which I think is a beautiful thing to do. And I think it's very mature of him to realize that he is not a complete package though. Even though you come into the relationship and that you can have everything on paper, like I said, it's those intangibles that keep you around with somebody. So, you know, I understand what he was saying, but a part of him feels like he doesn't have all of his stuff, all of his ducks in a row. And he's thinking, you know, on his path of trying to figure that out, that it might take away from the relationship or, you know, the situation with them. So I let him know, though this is a woman who you want to pursue, you both need to clearly work on yourselves. You need to work on you and she needs to work on her. If you value this relationship and you really see it going somewhere and you feel like this woman really has potential... What you can say is in the meantime, in between time, I would like to get to know you more, but I think we both need to take a step back and really just get to know each other. Like really just on some friend type shit. I'm not entertaining any other women. And this is what he tells me. And I believe him. He says that he's not entertaining any other women. He is completely enamored in her. He wants to get to know her. So with that being said, she needs to either seek counseling or <clears throat> maybe she just needs to seek out information that helps her work on her self-confidence so that she doesn't self-sabotage the situation. And I didn't ask if she had a child or whatever, but I should have asked. But I, I essentially told him, like, tell her in, in the meantime, in between time, ooh, excuse me, y'all, in the meantime, in between time, I would really like to get to know you, but I think that you need to work on yourself first and I need to work on me before we come together and be like a serious union. I'm not going nowhere. Hopefully throughout the duration of this period, you're not going anywhere because I'm really interested in you. And I think that's, and I think that really needs to be said. I think that when it comes just so that you can take the apprehension out of her mind of her thinking like, does he like me? Does he not, not like me? I think that more dudes need to come to the table and say like, Hey, like I like you. And I'm going to get into another story about liking somebody or at least saying that later. But anyway, telling her that so that she can get rid of the anxiety of like, oh my God, is is he into me? Is he not into me? Um, I also told him that if at any point they're having sexual conversations, he needs to stop it. Or if they're, you know, sexting or whatever the case may be. So he told me that she was the one who initiated it or whatever. But I told him 
to to completely stop it because if you continue to um if you continue to entertain that situation and let's say hypothetically um you end up sleeping with her and for whatever reason the situation goes sour because it's not working out with you guys anymore the first thing she's going to do is be like you are just like everybody else you don't ever want to put a woman in a situation Especially if you feel like, you know, you're a good guy, you know, I don't believe in that, but a respectable man, um, who is coming to the table and trying to show her something different. So literally show her something different. You as a man, any man have to set the tone for your relationship. So just tell her like, yo, we got to pump the brakes on all of the sexual shit. I still want to be a friend. I'm still interested in you. I still want to pursue you. But in the meantime of me working on me, I think you need to work on you so that, you know, when we get all our shit together, we can come to the table as our best motherfucking selves and make this shit really happen because I'm not just looking for a hookup. I'm looking for love for real. So I told him this and he told me he was going to keep me updated. Um, what he was going to, uh, what he was going to say to her and what, you know, obviously what she was going to say back or whatever the case may be. But yeah, like I said, if you really want to be somebody's friend, you have to take the sexual elements out of it just so that they don't get confused of like, oh, this person is just using me for sexual da 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 in the meantime, in between time. And, you know, like I said, so my story is, you know, the guy that I'm talking to now, actually, we were talking about something. Um, okay. So I was telling, I was telling my dude about the whole situation with my homeboy and he was and he was kind of saying like yo sometimes it be like the other way around sometimes it be like if you don't if you don't be like sexual with a woman out the gate or whatever if you're not being sexual with a woman out the gate they tend to lose interest and i'm just thinking to myself like well, that's not the case with me, but sometimes I really do have to think objectively. I do. He, he says all the time, like, I need to stop, you know, I need to take myself out of the situation because clearly everybody is in me. Everybody doesn't think the same way as me and yada, 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 yada. But anyway, I found it very interesting because I was like, well, you didn't have to keep, um, I was like, you didn't, I was like, you didn't have to keep my attention with doing that. And it's funny enough, like when we first started talking, like I noticed that he was coming out the gate, not out the gate, but it it took a while for him to warm up. But we, we literally became friends, right? We had a bunch of like deep conversations and we just would talk about life and yada, yada, yada. And then at a certain point he got spicy. I know for a fact it was him because I literally am never initiating anything spicy with any fucking man. That's just a fact. And that's what I was telling him. Like, I was like, yo, like, I don't understand how dudes be liking me for real because I'm really like the homeboy. I don't do all of the pet names and all of that other, like, not for nothing. Like, if I like you, if I like you and shit like that, like, I'm definitely going to flirt back with you, but I never initiate anything ever. I never initiate anything. So I don't know what kind of choosing signals, or maybe they just be like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to just... I like her because I like her vibe and I'm just going to see how she reacts to this. And I really honestly be thinking like, that's what it is. But he told me like, he felt like 
Um, nobody ever really articulated to him, like how to move about a relationship or how to pursue a woman, you know, whether it was his parents or whether it was people he seen, he just seen different interpretations of what he thought a relationship was. And, um, he was literally winging shit and just trying different shit. And he was like, you know, well, some girls, you know, being that reserved guy just doesn't work because if you're not putting out sexual energy to them, they end up losing interest and end up, you know, entertaining other niggas. And then, you know, what other women, it does work because I was just like, what you didn't have to be sexual with me in order to keep my interest. But what he said was because he started being spicy way before I did, because he was being spicy. And I was just like, I'm not doing that. I'm cause you know, at this point, you know, we send pictures and videos on all of this, but I was in an big I wasn't ready for none of that. First of all, nobody on earth except for this man has any pictures or videos of me in a motherfucking phone. Like not even my exes. Like I'm I haven't even been on that level with them. So this was a different level of like intimacy with me and him. So like I said, like it wasn't until I was ready to do that. Cause he would do it. He was doing it for a while before I was just like, you know what? YOLO. And I'm gonna go ahead and follow the fuck up one day. But, um, literally he never pressured me into, you know, doing any of that stuff. Like none of that. Like he was one day he just did it and he kept doing it and I wasn't telling him to stop. <laughs> but I was telling him like, I'm not going to do that because I'm not comfortable with doing that. And I literally did what I wanted to do when I felt like doing it. And yeah, that's just that on that. But anyway, so, um, he was literally like, um, saying to me, like, he felt like he needed to keep my attention because he didn't, he didn't know that he didn't have to be sexual in order to do that. And I felt that that was really interesting. Um, a part of me kind of like felt flattered, but I don't know, listening to it, it kind of like made me feel like, I don't know, like sad for him because it's just like, I think, um, a lot of women for the most part feel like they have to be pressured, um, to be super, um, forthright or forthcoming, whatever forthcoming and, and, and be like these sexual beings in order to keep an interest with a man. But that's literally like, I'm telling y'all that's never been me. If I like you and you show interest in me, like I'll definitely show interest back. But if you don't, you don't. And, and like I was, excuse me, y'all, like I was saying, like, if you, we could literally be having the nastiest motherfucking sex. And if you don't tell me you like me, if you don't tell me that you want to be with me, I'm just going to assume that you don't. I'm just going to assume that you just kind of like me because that'd be the case. Like some people will dead bear down, fuck on you crazy and still be entertaining other women or still be like, yeah, um, I don't want a girlfriend. So that's literally just what I assume from niggas. Like I'm a very literal person. If you do not tell me that you like me, then I'm just going to assume that you really don't. And I'm going to keep my options open. And that's part of the, that's probably part of the reason why I started to move the way I did in the beginning. But like I said, like I just found it, um, interesting how, I feel like, you know, like I said, most women feel like they need to, um, be sexual with men 
in order to keep them around. And, you know, obviously dudes feel like they got to do the same thing in order to keep a woman interested in them. It is just crazy to me because we would spend hours on the phone chopping it up talking. But he he said he basically was saying this. Like, I wanted to differentiate myself from just being your buddy to some nigga that really wants to, you know, get to know you or be with you in that kind of way type shit. And I'm like, okay, you just went zero to 60 then, you know, but you literally could have just told me like, hey, like, I like you. I would have appreciated that. I like little cute shit like that. Like, I want somebody to be, I want somebody to tell me like, yo, do you want to be my girlfriend? You know what I'm saying? Like on an episode of Shab. When the nigga had came to her with the, you know, do you want to be with my girl? Do you want to be my girlfriend? Yes, no, or maybe paper. Like, I thought that was so fucking cute. And it, it really is that simple. Like, consent is sexy. You know what I mean? Um, So, like I said, my heart kind of, like, 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 felt bad because I'm just like, damn, like, there's really probably a group of men out here who feel like I have to be super sexual with this woman in order for her to be interested in me or keep or keep her interest when whole time there is a group of women out here who literally just like you for you like you know what I'm saying and like I said like I, I do feel like being sexual is a progression but I don't feel like you just need to be overtly sexual in order to assert like yo I'm feeling you I like you it's literally just a conversation it are literally just a, a with the right woman it'll eliminate a lot of fucking bullshit because like I said we could be doing the nastiest fucking shit and if you don't don't tell me then <laughs> I mean I hope you just don't expect me to just to like figure that out <laughs> you know what I'm saying because like I said there are definitely men out here who will do the nastiest things to you and be like you know we're not together right so I don't like to assume I'm just the person who doesn't like to assume I like to have all of the facts laid out like I said I've literally had men tell me in the past we go together I rather that than playing this oh I'm never going to sit up and say to any man, what are we? No, because if you really want me as your woman, you would come get me. You would tell me you are mine or do you want to be mine? Something along those lines. But like I said, I thought, like I said, I was flattered. I was taken back room, kind of, because I just never knew that he felt like that or whatever. And it just shows like, you know, even when it comes to dating, like a lot of dudes are just as insecure as women are, you know, aside from attraction, because, you know, I just, I just don't assume, you know, like an attractive man or whatever. I don't, I just don't assume like most men who are pursuing women just feel like they just need to be that. Cause like I said, I feel like for the most part, dudes set the tone of the relationship, but I mean, he definitely got out of, you know, the buddy, buddy shit for the most part. But like I said, it wasn't until he literally told me like, I want to entertain this situation in more than just a friendly fucking way that I was just like, okay, now I can stop talking to other niggas. Cause literally that's what it was. I was waiting for him to stop fucking beating a fucking round the bush so I, I told y'all in the beginning, I told y'all episodes ago, I was waiting for him to stop fucking playing. I was ready. I was ready. I wanted to, I definitely wanted to entertain him more seriously, but I wasn't going to say anything until he, you know, asserted himself and said, yo, I'm not cool with you say, seeing other niggas. I, I told you it was, he called, he called me his family and I was like, okay, that's it. 
yep, he got me now. So, um, yeah, um, I wish my homeboy the best for his situation. I know he's going to give me an update. Maybe I can give y'all an update. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he's going to listen. I don't know if he's going to listen to this. He might listen to this, but, um, damn, I wish I could have him on like anonymous, anonymously and like be a part of like this series of like, you know, like this whole dating process with him. Cause I feel like it's very interesting and not for nothing. I do, um, I absolutely love the fact that he is, you know, taking a mature approach to starting a new relationship with a woman. Cause I think he said he's been single for about seven years five or seven years or something like that. And he said like, yo, I'm not just looking for another piece of ass. Like I'm looking for love. I'm looking for my queen. I'm looking for my wife. And I know I'm not a husband, but I'm, I'm willing and ready to become one. And I think, you know, for me not to see like a whole bunch of positive male role models, especially in our community, you know, say that they want things like to pursue their purpose and to have a wife and to treat her right. And who is really interested in her being her best self when he comes to her is fucking beautiful, bro. So I'm happy. I know at least one young man. Nah, I'm just playing, (laughs) but you know, I'm happy. I do, um, have the likes of him, you know, and, and, I'm happy to be along for the journey. I'm proud of him. Very proud of him. Because like I said, it's a very beautiful thing. So shout out to him. I'm going to leave you anonymous because you asked. But I asked, I want y'all to know, I asked his permission before I came on here and started telling his business and all that. I'm I'm literally like disclosure queen. Like, do you mind if I post this on my, do you mind if I talk? Because, you know, people be crazy and I don't want nobody thinking like, damn, this bitch can't keep, keep her mouth shut from nothing. Like, you know what I mean? She can't fucking hold water. But now, anyway, um, yeah. So let's get into this other shit. Speaking of raggedy ass, listen y'all let's just get into this other shit so moving right along so y'all know that i have been watching put a ring on it which is a show on youtube or own if you have that app um and as i've told y'all before it's all of these different couples it is LaRonda and sean it is eric and tiffany and it is alexia and darren so i don't really want to get too much into the other episode i mean not the other episodes excuse me i don't want to get too heavy into the other couples because literally this would be another long ass motherfucking episode and i'm trying to keep it real brief with y'all so i'm gonna just give y'all the juice anyway <clears throat> so just a brief overview of the other two couples. Um, I'm going to start light and then I'm going to get into it heavy. So with LaRonda and Sean, um, Sean is going out on, Sean is finally in a space where he's feeling comfortable with going out with other women and he's trying to find his stride and his confidence so that he cannot put so much, um, pressure on LaRonda when she goes out with men, because essentially he has cheated in his other relationships and not in a relationship with her. And what he's basically assuming is however he feels, however he feels like, you know, when he he meets this attractive woman or whatever the case may be what he would do when they were in private is the same 
same thing that his woman, LaRonda, feels. And that's not the fucking case. I feel like literally LaRonda is much like me where she can go out, have a good time with a whole bunch of men and not be looking at it like, oh my God, all of these sausages in a room, I have to sit on every single one. So anyway, he has finally gotten comfortable enough to me, to go on these different, he's not throwing up anymore, to go out on these different kind of dates and entertain these women to see what's up. So he decided to go out on a second date with um, the shorty Brittany. He had a good time. With LaRonda, she actually ended up going out with another, uh, a new man who was older. To be honest with you, they didn't give them much airtime, but she did end up taking a second date with him. He is older. He is in her field. He does sales and marketing. They seem to have have, to me, it, I didn't see much chemistry, but from what I got from this episode, she said that they had great chemistry. And I actually seen a couple of um, lives that they have had on YouTube and stuff like that, where they have uh, spoken about their different um, dates that they have went on. Um, off camera and she said that they had great chemistry she said that they don't give her a lot of airtime but to be honest with you they are the most boring couple out of the three so that's why they don't get uh, enough shine but LaRonda is going out on a date with this older gentleman and excuse me from what she's saying they have great chemistry so I'm really interested into what's I'm, I'm really interested in the um I'm really interested in what's going to happen next when it comes to her and dating this man. And hopefully he can bring out more personality than her in her because she, I'm not going to say she's like stiff, but I really don't feel like I know her personality for real. Um, moving right along. Um, we have, uh, Eric and Jessica, Jessica, um, went out on another date with this, uh, with, with the dude who was really, really interested in her. To me, he's coming on too fast, too motherfucking hard. And I feel like, either he ain't never had a bad bitch in his life or he really likes her. And, um, I really can't distinguish the two. He's giving me fake nice guy vibes where he's telling her everything she wants to hear. And she literally eats it the fuck up. I feel like at every single turn, Jessica is very much, (coughs) she's very much like, um, like for instance, he came, um, and picked her up for a date and she was like, Oh my God, Eric, see, he brought me a rose. Oh my God. He's holding my hand. Oh my God. Like she is just, she's very attention seeking to me. But anyway, this guy is really interested in her, whether it's for her pussy or whether it's to be in a relationship with her. And I feel like he's put portraying this nice guy role. And I like the fact that she at least peeped it. Like she was saying, like, this guy is saying everything that I want to hear and all this, that, and third and da da That's why he's giving me fake nice guy vibes. Um, like I said, I can't really tell if it's nervousness or I can't, um, tell if it's just this fake nice guy vibe, but I think, um, I'm not, did did she take another date with him? I don't think she took another date with him, but Eric had, um, actually ended up going out on an, uh, a date with a spicy pandemonium mommy and shit. And (coughs) he liked her company. So he asked her on another date. She's very hands-on, very, very all over him type shit. Not, not too much, but she is very handsy. Um, I don't want to sit up here and say that's a Latin, a Latin woman thing. Cause I feel like any woman could be very hands-on, very affectionate, very whatever. So, um, he's, he actually had brought his date home. And I think she started just for the first time, Jessica, not for the first time, because I feel like the first date made her a little bit, you know, 
because she was a she was a baddie too. The first date was like a baddie. Um, I feel like after that whole situation with a girl who wasn't necessarily his type, when she was just like, "Oh well, the only thing you had to go off is personality," and all of a sudden, third they they didn't read up and, and and put another baddie. You know what I'm saying? Who actually is fun? Who's engaging? Who talks? Who's really pretty much like on his level? To be honest with you, if it didn't work out with Jessica and um. If it didn't work out with Jessica and Eric, I would say that he would be a good fit for Panama because I feel like they 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 vibing on the same frequency type shit. But I don't really know if Eric is looking for love or, you know, looking to be in another relationship or he just really at, at the point if he ends up breaking up his relationship, he would end up playing the field. So um, anyway, they had a good time on a date. You can see the chemistry. Um, he actually, she actually, the sec for the second date, she actually came to the house and um, Jessica was really, you know, she was like, oh, like, so this is who you're dating type shit. And she tried to do like, you know, she tried to do like the competitive shit. Like, oh, well, y'all can... um. Well, thank you for coming here today to pick up my man. Here's a couple of shots. Y'all can drink these shots out of me. The the shot glasses had her picture on it. And all of this other different stuff. Like you could tell she 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 felt the little ugh, she felt the little competition when Shorty walked through the door or whatever. But the one thing I can say about Miss Panama is that she is definitely confident. I feel like I feel like that's fire. And on top of that, I don't feel I don't feel like Miss Panama is like on some um, I'll take your man, but I'm not in a race to take your man type shit. You know what I mean? Like she has the confidence to know like, yo, I'm just going out on a date with him. We having fun. If he ends up coming with me, he ends up coming with me. If he don't, he don't. She's giving me that kind of vibes. But anyway, after all of that, listen, we have to get into Darren and fucking Alexa, the meat and motherfucking potatoes of the show, the craziest part of the fucking show with their extreme fucking love triangle. So in case you are not caught the fuck up on the show or you've been living under a rock or you haven't been listening to me over the last couple of fucking weeks, Darren has went out on continuous dates with this woman named Kai, literally the only woman he has ever dated throughout the whole duration of the entire show. And his girl, Alexia, has obviously dated other men um I felt like her last date the love and basketball date and shit like that I felt like she should have kept dating him but for whatever reason she said that she didn't well I know why there was a situation where the <clears throat> the doctor was basically saying like yo you have an opportunity to go out with your your own man if you want to on a date um just because y'all haven't spent much time together and she actually rejected that for whatever reason um, he came back and had like a conversation with her, I'm guessing like off camera and convinced her to change her mind. And, um, when she came back to the group meeting with the couples and stuff like that, she was just basically saying that she was going to cut it off with, you know, the love of basketball guy, which I felt was really fucking stupid because he was attentive. He was fun. He was flirty. He, he, he had like the creativity factor, you know, with taking her on a date with doing something that she actually liked to do and then following up with dinner. And then their second date, I felt like that it was, it was finally time for them to put the competitive spirits aside and for them to really get to know each other and I felt like he brought it like he was confident he was flirty he was you know complimenting her making her feel like beautiful and just all it was the first time where I was just like yes bitch like you finally are getting into your stride you finally found not found but you finally 
find a company of a man who is really interested in you and he wants to get to know more about you. And he doesn't seem like he's coming along with the drama. He doesn't seem like the player type. He literally just seems like genuinely interested in her. But for whatever the case may fucking be, she said that she didn't want to go out on no more dates with him. And it's funny because I watched the live after show on YouTube and she said that's one of the best dates that she's literally ever been on in her fucking life. And I'm just like, bitch, you dumb. But anyway, so now... Um, everything, everything is caught up and I want you guys to take a listen to this audio clip of Alexia and Darren thus far. And I am of course going to give my motherfucking commentary afterwards. So stay tuned. (sighs) What are you doing? Chilling, what you watching? What I always watch, sports. Okay. No studio today? Nothing. Mm. Nothing but you. <laughs> There's more than one reason why I cut Kyle. Like, there ain't no one reason. But the ultimate reason is my woman. Me and Lexia, we're in a good place right now. Uh, we still got some things we need to fix. She's confident in us again. And I am too. Dr. Nicole has this assignment that we have to do. What do we see is our vision for marriage? What's your vision? What's my vision? How it's similar? How it's not similar? I want to keep up the cuddling. (laughs) I do not want to lose the fun we have. You know, because that's what happens most of the time. Titles get added on, and then you lack the lust I used to have. Like, it's no more fun. Like, I don't want to go through that. As far as getting married to Lex, uh, I'm doing it because Lex wants it. You know, at the end of the day, happy wife, happy life. If that's going to make Lex happy, I'm down. So, you know, I'm doing it for her. So what do you want to add to what we already do? I mean, we do plan on having a baby. I think a baby will bring some excitement. But I think that'll be fun. I think that the baby will keep us locked in. A kid, a dog. I think of family matters. That's my vision of marriage. Right. Obviously, number one issue, communication. Uh, making sure you come back every day because condo gone, so that shouldn't be an excuse anymore, right? I'm just saying. Are yeah. We, okay, are we agreeing? I want more support from you. Mm-hmm. Whatever I'm doing, like if I'm having a bad day, you know, I want to be able to know that you're checking in in like a best friend way too. And vice versa. You know, being a husband, being a boyfriend is support. What good examples have you seen in marriage? I didn't have good role models in marriage. Like, I didn't. Your grandparents? They stayed together, you know, they did until death did them part. (laughs) But it was tough. The relationship between my grandmother and grandfather, it wasn't a peaceful marriage. It wasn't the ideal marriage that I would want to have with her. They went through a lot of scarring each other physically and mentally. I thought that when he grew up with his grandma and grandpa, it was just a good vision because they are married, but he, this is the first time he told me like how he hasn't had any good examples of marriage, period. Not only them, like my uncles, I've seen them get divorces. Because I've had poor examples of marriage growing up, I do think it plays a role in my fear. I don't see too many of my people that are divorced. 
So maybe that's why I'm wanting to be more than just girlfriend, boyfriend. So y'all heard that clip from um, Mr. Darian and Alexa. I want to add some more context. So with um, Darian going out on these dates with Kai, he actually decided to cut off going on dates with Kai. And you know how they have like trailers to like the next episode? Well, in that trailer, Miss Kai had said that her and Darian had slept with each other. And again... We have to understand that Alex Alexia does not know what the fuck is going on. She doesn't know the conversations that are happening on these dates. Literally, it is it's like having this dating experience and not the the only thing that you're able to do is peep what happens after the fact. So a lot of people are calling her dumb and this and the third and blah 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 blah. But I do feel like in a way she is acting a little bit foolishly because regardless of what she sees on what what she doesn't see on these dates he's giving you all the signs of not being the man that 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 you need him to be for you so as you heard in the clip Darren basically said like I'm doing this for you like happy wife happy life type shit I think that is a chemical I feel like that is a, a a a setup for fucking disaster when you have somebody who wants to get married and somebody who doesn't. Much like being in a situation with somebody who wants to have kids and somebody who doesn't. I feel like if you are really adamantly saying like, "Listen, I want a family, I want the kids, I want the whole nine. and not only that, but I want to do I want to do it the right way, and the other person that you're dealing with doesn't, then I think you need to understand that regardless of you know the love that you have for this person, regardless of the longevity that you guys have had with each other that you really need to just you you need to move on because that person is never going to be in line with what you are essentially looking for and not only that you don't want to give somebody else something that you really don't have any firm beliefs on or really like a firm um a, a, a firm and confident stance on as far as like, I absolutely not only just want to do this for you, but I want this to do this. I want to do this for me too. You know, I've said in my past, like, I'm not, I'm not going to just have a baby for a man just because he wants me to have a baby. We have to collectively want to have a baby together. And if I don't ever get to that point, then it's just not going to happen with me. And I understand that, you know, even in my situation, like, I don't know if I'll ever get to that point. I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get to that point. So if the person that I'm seeing, it's who obviously, you know, wants a family, wants the marriage and everything, if they feel like at any point, like, since you are still apprehensive about this, I can't date you no more, then I would have to just, you know, accept my motherfucking L. Though I would miss that person, though I would still love that person, I could not fault them because at the end of the day, it's your life to live and you should get everything that you want out of life. If that includes marriage, if that includes kids, then absolutely. But like I said, I've always been apprehensive about that because like much like Darren, I've never seen any positive representations of, you know, what a family is or much less a fucking marriage. So um, I feel like he would be doing himself a disservice to stay in a relationship with a woman who indefinitely needs to get married before she has a child. And I understand because I am much like that as well. Like the only way that I would actually even consider that is if you know, I got married, but I think first, 
um, before I get married and all of that kind of different stuff, I, I need to really feel like, you know, do I really want to start a family? Because I don't, I'm the kind of woman who doesn't feel like if I don't have a family that I'm going to feel like this emptiness and all of this down the third. And I've been feeling like this since forever. You know, I don't feel like every woman is meant to be maternal. And I don't think every man is meant to be paternal. There are plenty of men out here who don't want to have kids either. And like I said, we've talked about in previous episodes, how just parenthood in general is just like, um, it could be a struggle. It could be a struggle. It could drive you apart. It can bring you together. It can do a lot of different things. But so far, all of the negative, all of the things that I've seen as far as like family structure and marriage and all of that can be, excuse me, can be negative. So I understand where, um, I understand the apprehensive uh, apprehensiveness that Darren has, but I'm also going to call bullshit because at the end of the day, this man has created, I think, three kids outside of the home. And what Darren is basically saying is that I will indefinitely give you a kid. I feel like adding a kid onto the situation to be a perfect situation. And and to be honest with you, I feel like that's manipulation. I feel like it's a way for Lex to quote unquote, quote, get half of what she wants while he gets what he wants and not committing to her while it also sits her the fuck down. Because if she's pregnant, she ain't going to be out here entertaining no dudes while he's doing what the fuck he's doing in the streets and all this and the third. You heard her. She said that I'm going to need you to... To come home every single night. I'm I'm gonna need you to stop running away from this situation where where I feel like it's not gonna happen. On the last episode, he said that he was giving up the condo, and I personally feel like, like I said, um, at the end of that episode, there was a clip of Kai basically saying that they slept together, and I feel like the only reason why he's having this conversation now and telling and, and giving her essentially what she wants for the time being is because he got what he wanted from Kai. And if the fact is that he definitely did fuck on Kai, then bitch, you are the hussy and the Jezebel and the home wrecking hoe that I thought you fucking were. But listen, we are gonna get into that later because I got another clip for y'all. But Again, I think that it is a complete disservice to the both of them to continue on in this relationship because at this point they've been together for 14 years and I really hope, I really hope that coming on this show wasn't the first time they actually discussed the issues of why he was apprehensive about marriage or just the discussion of marriage period because like why after 14 years are y'all now discussing this? And I understand, you know, she was overseas playing basketball. He had his music career. A lot of times they had breaks, but I feel like the reason why, um, Darren is so like honed in on, I want to keep it spicy. I want to keep it fun. I want to keep it, you know, this kind of way. And I don't want to add a title to this, then the third and blah, blah, blah is because smoke, it's not smoke, excuse me. Darren has been given the opportunity to start off over and over with him and uh, over and over with Alexia. And that has constantly gave them that new kind of like element, because I feel like when you take a break from somebody or, you know, whether it's for a month or for a couple of years, it comes, you come back kind of just like, 
not a new person, but it, it, it does feel like you are starting all over again. And I feel like once you add in the element of marriage, he's feeling like I can't just walk away from this situation. I can't just break up with you. Like we legally bound together though. He could still go out and put his dick in whoever the fuck he wants to, because he's still going to be, you know, the, the, the shysty ass man that he is at the end of the day saying that, Oh, I'm going to give her, you know, this marriage because you know, this is what she wants sir, if you're not on board with that, then you don't need to be entertaining that. And then saying like, oh, I'll give you a baby. Alexia, you would be a fool to end up a a third or fourth fucking baby mother. You know what I'm saying? To a man that you've been with 14 motherfucking years. The the whole point is so that you, so people will know, so you will know the difference between them and you. You know what I'm saying? At this point, y'all are just shacking up. Y'all are just, you know, going with the motherfucking flow. And after 14 years, listen, the flow needs to motherfucking stop. A dam needs to be motherfucking built. And you need to be putting down your foot and saying like, yo, and, and as far as I'm concerned, she has said like, yo, I'm giving him two years to get it the fuck together. Girl, you gave him 14. Why the fuck would you give him two more? But yeah, so um, there is another clip that I actually wanted to insert here and we are going to discuss that as well. So stay tuned. There's a bias to it, especially in our community. Boys are taught really early to not feel. Not feel, yeah. Which is asinine. Mm -hmm. Because if I pinch you, you will feel that. Don't hurt. But what boys in our community are taught, you ain't feel that. And they're like, I did? You didn't feel that? No situation. (laughs) So when you now get in these relationships, it's like, yo, because you still feel stuff. You've been taught that you don't have permission to feel what you feel. So a lot of times what men do is they sabotage because they feel what they feel, but they don't know what to do with it. Right. Because they just don't know how to say, yo, that was rough. God forbid that hurt my feelings. See, in my situation, things have surfaced since this experience. Uh-huh. Things I didn't know that bothered her, and now that I know, we can fix it now. You know, you all started this process in one place. Where are you now? My thing is, she mentioned that if I don't get engaged to her at the end of this experience, she is cutting us off completely. We spent 14 years together. I feel like it's unfair for you to just say, it's over with, throw away them whole 14. I feel like we should still continue fixing it. Like, don't let what we fixed so far without Nicole go in vain because you didn't get a ring. I don't think that's fair, and I need you to help me to understand so I can feel better about getting engaged with her even though a lot of things aren't fixed. I don't know that I can make you feel better about that because I think you came into the process and your biggest anchor was, I don't want to be pressured. Right. And what's interesting is you all have been together for a long time, off and on. So wherever you've decided in your mind that continuing to stay here is going to get you there, it's not even logical anymore. But it's what you've anchored on to. Right. That let's just keep doing this. And she has the right to say, I don't want to do this. 
anymore. I'm ready to do this. Mm. That treadmill, Dr. Nicole spoke about. We were content being on that treadmill. I have a lot of work to do when it comes to me and Lex. I've been wasting Lex's time. It's no more, we're just stuck. But we need to figure out, do we have what it takes to build a life together in marriage? Or is the reason that we're stuck is because this is not it. So as you guys heard from Dr. Nicole, um, which I felt like was a great takeaway that we should not dismiss the feelings of men when it comes to being in situations. As she said, like there has been this stigma, um, especially on black men, um, that you have to be tough and that you don't, you're not supposed to feel anything in spite of you actually feeling something. And I think that it is completely, like I mentioned in the last clip, I think that it is completely, um, appropriate to acknowledge Darren's apprehension but I need well well from essentially from the clip that we just listened to I think he's finally getting it where Dr. Nicole was basically saying like listen you've been on a roller coaster ride with this woman going in a loop for 14 fucking years and you can't ex you can't be surprised if she's finally just like you know what I'm done I'm finished I know my worth. I am no longer going to, you know, be in a relationship with a man who is going to continue to waste my time. And I, you know, you heard it right at the end of that clip. He acknowledged like, yo, I am wasting her time. You know, Lex isn't a spring chicken anymore. You know, she wants the family. She, she wants, she wants kids. She wants to marry. She wants the whole shebang. I believe she is 34 now. So her biological clock is running the fuck out and to spend 14 years with a man. And I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, he is, you know, uh, a savant at knowing uh, the female anatomy and all of these kind of different things. But I think he does know that he has wasted her time. I think that he does understand that, you know, there, there is a clock for women when it comes to having kids, but I think he's completely disregarded that, you know, um, he does sit in front of Dr. Nicole and, you know, I think say all of the things or at least acknowledge to her that he understands like, yo, I'm fucking up. I'm doing this, that, and the third, but I think he goes back to Lex with excuses instead of just saying like, Hey, like, you know, um, instead of him basically projecting and saying like, you gonna, you gonna waste 14 years and just give up now. Like, yes. Instead you should just be saying like, yo, like, I think, you know, we had a wonderful 14 years together, but I can't give you what you want as a man because the idea of how I want my life to be and what I'm looking for does not involve marriage because I'm apprehensive to the point that it's not even just you know, caution, it's fear. And to me, it, it doesn't seem as if he is afraid of Lex per se, but he is afraid of what Lex will become if she ends up being his wife. So that's just my assessment from the situation. But I do feel like they have, I don't really feel like there's much to work on here. I think they should just let their bygones be bygones and move the fuck on because like I said, I feel like they're both doing a disservice to themselves to keep going on this fucking merry-go-round of this 14 years of you have. And, and then on top of that, right? 
and I know that they ended up, I think, um, that one kid was made, one kid was made out of, um, the relationship and one kid was created in or what have you to, to, to be a woman, to be off and on with a man for however long, um, you know, dealing with him to find out that in between that or with me, he has had other children. I'm completely cutting that off. Like you, you can't get no motherfucking kids out of me because you know, especially if you thought, um, that at any chance, like we were going to get back together or what have you, like, you know, I don't people I don't think that people understand how serious it is to be out here procreating and and just, you know, just sowing their wild oats every fucking where like these babies that you create end up becoming people and you have a responsibility to them that is, you know, extended longer than just 18 fucking years of child support. You know, you have to be an emotional support. You have to be an anchor for them. And I feel that Darren is very irresponsible when it comes to sowing his wild oats. And I really, I I just, I just feel like it's an excuse that a lot of black men like to give in regards to just having kids. Like, you know, I'm just going to be out here fucking around with all of these different women. And like I said, I always feel like there should be accountability on both sides. If you know, Alexia has been with this man for 14 years and she doesn't, has not seen any improvement in him. And he is comfortable with going out here and just having all of these different kids outside of her, whether they've been in a relationship or not, and not even given the women that he decided to have them with a real commitment. What makes you think he's going to give a real commitment to you? So yeah. Um, again, Um, there was a continuation on this episode where basically at the end, him and Kai basically came to the end and, um, she essentially said he ghosted her or whatever the case may be, yada, yada, yada. Um, he's basically coming to meet her to tell her like, yo, we're done. We're over with. And I knew that was coming. Um, she basically essentially said that she slept with him. Like, oh, what? I'm supposed to take one for the team. I'm just supposed to be okay with you just fucking on me and you going back to your girl. Well, well, shorty, that's what you signed up for. You came on a show. You came on this show anticipating to win because you had, you know, the typical body of every Atlanta woman. And you thought that that was going to give you some advantage. But even throughout the duration of the season, you were the fun girl. And as soon as you started talking about serious things with this man, he got uncomfortable and told you to pump your brakes. You felt like, I know this man likes me, so let me kick it up a notch and give him some pussy on top of that. That's where you did yourself a disservice, sweetheart. That's why you are the Jezebel, the hussy, and the heathen that you motherfucking are. Because you decided to insert your pussy and think a thought that you are going to get the man as the prize and thought that he was just going to walk away from this woman, this convenience of a woman. And I hate to say that, but it's true. You know, the convenience of having 14 years with somebody, you know, and you thought that you was going to come along and give him some new pussy and think that you like sunshine from motherfucking Harlem nights and thinking this nigga finna leave his family. He's not leaving her. He's not, he's not leaving her. And now you're sitting at this fucking table, mad at this motherfucking man, because you decided to put your pussy on the line and think that, and thought that you was going to win the grand prize, which was him. Bitch, you're stupid. You came on a show knowing that this man was in a fucking relationship and you decided to insert yourself anyway. First of all, 
Sweetheart, if you understood the power of your pussy, you would understand. You didn't have to give him anything, bitch. You already won when you found out that this man liked you. Dummy. You knew. You should have known. This man likes me. I'm not going to overextend myself to this man because one, he is in a relationship and two, I respect myself. So I don't need to give him anything without him giving me anything, which is the commitment that you actually wanted. And this is the thing. This is where women have to stop doing it. When you get into a relationship with or, or a situation with a man, whether you want to be the side bitch to him or whether he's single and y'all dating or whatever the case may be, when you overextend yourself and break the rules for guys that you like, you are setting yourself up for failure. When you are dating, you need to hold everybody to the same fucking standard. You should not be doing favors. You should not be going the extra mile for people who you just kind of like and who kind of like you until they give you the commitment that you fucking want. This man is in a relationship. What the fuck did you expect? Huh? You expected to leave his family. This is somebody he's been together with 14 years. You expected to leave his, and I know they don't have kids together, but they family. You know what I'm saying? When you with somebody, y'all family. When you with somebody that fucking long, sweetheart, you really expected this man to leave his relationship. You, 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 listen, he fed you what he needed to feed you in order to string you along. And you gave him all of the choosing signals of being ready, ready and willing to be the to be the woman at the end of the motherfucking, you know, at the end of the line waiting for him to leave his situation. Should it end? And I can understand you wanting somebody, but sweetheart, let's be fucking honest. You did not really want Darren. You wanted to win the fucking game. And you thought that with you winning the game. You had to kick it up a notch and give this nigga some fucking pussy. And now you're walking around with egg on your fucking face. You show up to this fucking restaurant with your fucking clown makeup on and your little too and your too tight clothes. Upset at this man for saying, you know what, sweetheart? I, I, I just can't do this anymore. What the fuck did you expect? And what position do you... And, and, and what and what did you actually think was going to come from a man who couldn't be loyal to his woman when you know he he's not going to be loyal to you? Hypothetically speaking, let's just say he did end up choosing Kai. He he said, yo, I want to be in a relationship with you. You don't think that he after some time would eventually get him another side bitch because clearly that's his pedigree. That's what he does. This nigga's talking about he in the fucking studio working on music. Niggas ain't heard no fucking music from fucking smoke since 2003, bitch. What music are you putting out? Huh? Even Atlanta don't know. And that's your hometown. Hmm. So Kai, you wanted to win the game. You wanted to show another woman up. You wanted to insert yourself in their relationship. You could have kept it cute. You could have continued to flirt. You could have let it be known like, yo, I'm feeling you. I would like to be in this situation. But like I said, that wasn't your motive. Your motive was to win. Because if you are a woman with any fucking dignity, you would have understood. I understand this man is in a relationship and I'm not going to overextend myself and make myself look dumb knowing that he hasn't fully left. 
But this is what a lot of side bitches do. They feel like, oh, this pussy. Listen, my pussy pop like lollies. Huh? But even if I was feeling a man who was in a relationship, I'm not giving it to him. You know, until he get out of that situation. And even then, you ha- you still have to take your time. You still have to take your time because it's a lot of residual shit. Like, I, I, I be telling y'all all the time. I don't be really feeling like anybody is broken up for real unless they can tend, spend at least six months to a year without zero communication. No talking, no text messages, no meetups, no emails, no none of that shit. If you can't spend at least that much time away from somebody without zero communication, then to me, you're not done and you're not over with. And listen... Like I said, Kai, you did a disservice to yourself. Darren, you did a disservice to yourself. Everybody's doing a disservice to themselves in this episode from what I can assess. So we're going to see what happens next week. But listen, child, I done stumbled across some shit on motherfucking YouTube and we got to get into this shit. So y'all, I've been doing a good job of staying off the motherfucking internet and not uh paying attention to all of the toxicity y'all already know i posted on my facebook page that i am so tired of the alpha versus beta and the woman versus man conversations because honestly like it's very fucking draining and i'm all about being progressive so i've been you know keeping away from looking at the videos and the conversations and all of that other kind of different stuff right but i stumbled across something The title alone got me. So the title of the video on YouTube is Women Reveal Dark Secrets About Size Must Watch. And baby, (laughs) this goofy ass nigga spent an abundance of 20 fucking minutes shaming women who prefer a uh, a man of a particular size. And then also... Just speaking about dick in general for 20 fucking minutes. Give or take. Well, it says 18 minutes and 20 seconds, but y'all get it. I'm rounding it up. But me personally, I have never seen a truly straight man get on the fucking internet and not only shame women for their size preference, but to talk about the size of other men in great fucking length. And, you know, without further ado... Y'all take a motherfucking listen. What really shocked me were the comments, the responses to that post. And what I mean is usually when women have these type of discussions, especially when they're centered around sex in the public view, they tend to like sugarcoat and lie about the truth. They'll say things like, oh no, size doesn't matter. It's all about the connection. Lie, big fat lie. And then there's this one. This one they like to use on their like beta male sent boyfriends. Women use this all the time. Maybe he's found a picture of her ex, right? Found out that he's like 6'5", fresh out, size 17 shoe. And he's worried now, you know? He's worried. (laughs) This is when she goes, oh baby, don't worry. Your size is perfect. It's not the size of the ship. It's the motion of the ocean. You heard that before, right? It's the motion of the ocean. All, B, S, it's all cap, (laughs) all of it, right? Not true. Women have these quotes ready to go for when you try to find out the truth. Size does matter, gentlemen. I'm sorry to admit it. Take that, take that RP pill real quick and swallow it. It does matter. But we're going to talk more about that later. 
But like I said, the comments to that post were what shocked me because I'm not used to women being so honest. Honest. They kept it real. Maybe a little bit too real. For example, this commenter said, my baby daddy built like a kid. I just didn't have anything to compare him to until I left. Damn. My baby daddy built like a kid. The disrespect. The disrespect. The disrespect. <laughs> and then you're doing it on public. On a public platform where he can see it. And here's the truth, man. And honestly, one of my followers on Instagram um, actually pointed this out to me because I posted on my story. I couldn't believe this shit, man. Posted on my story and I said, whoa, check this shit out. And one of my followers responded and said, this is more proof that body shaming men in public is okay, but body shaming women in public is wrong, right? That same page will post a whole lot of stuff about KS. They do it all the time. Oh, and you have women like hating within the comments. And I'll be honest with you, a good majority of people on that channel actually support KS, right? But they'll say, oh, he's shaming women. Oh, but we can make fun of men with three-inch peckers, right? It's okay to make fun of men. Listen, man, you're living in a world where it's unacceptable to call out women on their BS. But for men, it's all jokes. Same thing I had in my last video, man. This is a theme. Welcome to the world. This equality thing that you guys think exists, this is for you women out here, doesn't obviously exist. It's never going to exist. You know what I mean? Moving on. More comments. This commenter said, baby, once you've been with the horse, ain't shit a shrimp can do for you. Laughing emojis. Again, she said, once you've been with the horse, ain't shit a shrimp can do for you. And laughing emojis. Is she keeping it real? Yes, she is. For the most part. And you see, guys, you see, this is why it's really important that men out here know that when a woman steps out on a relationship, on a marriage, it's a lot different from when a man steps out. If you just forget the whole emotional bonds, right? Forget the whole oxytocin and the bonding chemicals, focusing only the pleasure you receive from sex, right? Focus just on that. When you smash, when she dips out on your relationship, smashes another dude, right? He's bigger. He's stretching her out. He's making her call his name. He's making her beg for mercy, right? She's speaking in tongues, nigga, right? When he does that to her, she's fucked up. Mentally, she's tasted what she's never had and so her expectations have gone up. That's the other problem with women stepping out on relationships, man. The more a woman experiences, unfortunately, the more preferences she gets. The more she wants her man customized. She's trying to build the perfect man. At first she was cool with any type of size at all, but now she wants a horse pecker. Now she wants a horse pecker. Because if she stayed loyal and faithful, right, she can't miss what she never had. If she didn't spend a decade hot girl summer partying on the CC, she can't miss what she's never had. But the problem is most women today 
modern day women are slaves to the D. Slaves to the D. It's enslaved their minds, their body, right? But more on that later. Let's get back into these comments. So again, this is a response to the girl who said, you know, three inches feels like eight when you're in love, right? And this commenter responded and said, she said, no love, good enough for that. And what I'm assuming she means is there's no love out there that's good enough to be with the man that's rocking a three-incher. Again, right in front of our eyes, man, we really see what black women in specific see black men as. Money and dick. Because like the commenter said, there's nothing a man can bring to the table that could have her let go of the horse pecker. So, does size matter? The truth is, yes, it does. But what you have to remember is it hasn't always mattered as much as it matters today. So when does size start to matter so much, right? When did a man's joystick start to matter, its size? When did it start to matter so much to modern women? Well, it started when women decided they wanted to try and taste every horse pecker they could get their hands on. Because again, there was a time when women weren't as sexually liberated, right? And like I said earlier, you can't miss what you've never had. You see, as women hid behind movements like female empowerment to be the biggest three or fours the world has ever laid their eyes on, they also grew a preference for the type of joystick they like, right? It's just natural. The more you try, the more you start to like it. They know. I mean, we see it all around us. Women tell us, you know, we hear musicians and like female rappers talk about like, oh, I like a joystick with the curve in it. How do you think she knew that some joysticks have curves? She had to have tried at least 20 to 100 before finding out that, hey, these ones look different, right? And she finally found out like, hey, I like these ones. And you got to taste and see to know. I mean, we live in a time, man, where women have more preference on a joystick, right? than men have on coochie. Baby, if you have a little dick, then just say so. Like, I'm, listen, okay, we, child, 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 child. Okay, we gonna start from the motherfucking beginning, okay? We gonna start from the beginning. So essentially, what he was saying in the beginning was that he came across these different threads of these women talking about, you know what I'm saying, the different preference and size that they prefer. And he also was saying that, you know, there is no place on earth where you can discriminate women for looking how they look and that, you know, there is no grace giving towards men who are a particular size that is, you know, average or below average. Why are you fucking lying? There are literal men with platforms who sit on these platforms and literally their content is about bashing fucking women. And though there are definitely women who respond, there are a great amount of motherfucking women who just don't fucking care. 
We don't care. Listen, I am a brown skinned, tall, thick fucking woman. You think I'm getting on my fucking platform and talking about all of the light skin or dark skin women who are small or petite or little slim thick or whatever and hating on them because, you know, men don't find me to be their fucking preference. I don't fucking care because the fact is that there is a whole fucking jungle of niggas who would love to climb this motherfucking tree and not even just climb this tree, but wife it as well. But you know, I digress anyway. Um, yeah. So what he also was basically saying is that, you know, women couldn't have possibly, you know, um, experienced uh, a man of a bigger size and that they had to go through all of these niggas in order to experience men who are well endowed. Well, let me educate you, sweetheart. Me personally, right? I'm going to just say this. I started out the gate with a man who was well above average. Okay. Um, not only that, but I was also exposed to porn as well. I knew visually what I felt was attractive. And when you know, said cock was inserted in me when I tried dick for the first time, I knew that, you know what? This is the motherfucking standard. This is what I want and this is what I desire. Another misconception that he also is saying, well, another misconception, he said that, you know, um, it is, it is worse for a woman to go out and step out on a dude because once she gets introduced to this, these, these big man dingo type niggas or whatever the case may be, it's hard to go back and yada, yada, yada. First of all, s- sir, there are men with big dicks who get cheated on. I was once a cheater. I'm not giving too much context, but I have literally never cuffed anything. Anything. That was not slinging and motherfucking banging, first of all. Because I feel like as a woman, I'm not doing myself a disservice. And listen, I'm, I am I said this. I was talking about this yesterday and I said this. Like, there's no fucking way I'm putting my mouth or letting anybody insert their cock inside of me if they are not a man of a particular motherfucking size. Because this is my coochie. I have one life to motherfucking live. And the least I can do... You know, because they also say like, you know, uh, size doesn't guarantee that he's going to be a good time. And I do definitely feel like there's a difference between, um, a man who definitely learns and understands a woman's body and how to make her come and pleasure her aside from just, you know, having sex with her. Um, well not sex, but just aside from inserting himself in her. And I do believe that there are guys who just hump, you know, there, there, there's a big difference. Okay. There's a big difference, but there's a big misconception. That niggas with big dicks don't get cheated on. And what I will say is that I have been a cheater in the past. It wasn't because I wasn't being sexually satisfied. It was because the nigga that I was fucking with wasn't shit. That is it, sweetheart. I said to myself, out the gate, right? I've said it in conversations with men before. I can never get dickmatized again. I can never get dickmatized because I have... My, my first, the person who took my virginity was a nasty ass nigga. Did the most sucking toes, eating ass, eating pussy, all of that kind of shit. Right. So when, after I got out of that relationship, I could no longer be manipulated when it came to sex. 
I'm glad I actually started out like that because had I wouldn't, I would have probably got manipulated into staying in a situation with a man just solely for the sex. If I stay with you, I stay with you. It wasn't because, you know, you know, obviously good dick is a factor or whatever, but it's not like, it's not like number one, probably not even number two, to be honest with you. It, yeah, it probably is probably like number three, you know what I'm saying? But my whole thing is like, yo, just because you have a big dick and because you know how to use it and eat pussy and all of this other kind of stuff, you could still get shitted on, my nigga. You could still get shitted on, especially if you are a woman, me, I can only speak for myself, who dealt with a man who was a particular motherfucking size and who knew how to do what he was going to do. But I just told myself, I'm not going to get manipulated into staying in this situation again. Because honestly, when I think about why I stayed in that situation for so long, it definitely was because of the dick. But after that, bitch, you're going to have to do more than just fucking eat my pussy, suck my toes and eat my asshole to convince me to stay in this situation too long. Um, Yeah, you're you definitely going to have to do some other acts of service. So I was, you know, blessed in my situation. And as far as like my sexual experience is concerned, I'm dead ass. Like I have been lucky to have some good sexual experiences and I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to talk about size, but you know, y'all get where I'm coming from. You know, I haven't had a lot, much of any bad experiences when it comes to sex. But um, he also talked about, you know, um, that there wasn't always a need for a woman to have a preference when it came to size because we live in a different time and I really do feel like economics plays or, you know, just finances plays a large part of women being able to be liberated and do what the fuck they want to do. I've expressed this so many times in the past. Women, for the most part, um, were in relationships out of survival, was not out of love. And once women got their own bag and started to, you know, have the preference of the kind of life that they wanted to live, the kind of man followed suit when it came to that. You weren't seeing as much arranged marriages or situations where somebody designated you to a person and was saying like, this is the person who you're going to live out your life with. And I really feel like this man amongst other men are very jealous at the fact that they aren't a man of a particular size and do not get chose most of the motherfucking time and have access to women who desire to be in a relationship with them. So they get on the internet and try to bash you and try to tell you it took 20 to a hundred dicks for you to know what a curved dick look like, or to, to understand that, you know, being with a man this big, you, you know what I mean? Like, for, like I said, starting out the gate, I was Gucci on the experience, but it's a huge it's just the disrespect for me. Like, my nigga, if you got the shrimp, just fucking say that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Why is you mad at these other niggas who are well and fucking down? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and why are you mad at these girls for having the preference of wanting to deal with a dude of a particular size? Now, all of that old motion in the ocean, the size doesn't matter. That's definitely, as these niggas would like to say, big cap. Huh? Big motherfucking cap. Cause I don't give a fuck what you doing in my motherfucking ocean, nigga. If you ain't got the fucking ship to sink in that motherfucker, then we, if you can't make me flinch, then what the fuck are we doing? And I feel like you can gauge, you can definitely touch and see, especially if you are just meet, not meeting somebody for the first time, but if y'all are first about to engage in sex for the first time and you, you could definitely touch and see, cause the nigga's not just 
you know, running and jumping like directly into your pussy, there's usually the first time anyway, foreplay that leads up to that. So you kissing, you doing all of this other different stuff, blah, 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 depending on how you get down and you touching around to see if, if you shit don't feel nice and girthy in my motherfucking hand, bitch, I don't want to fuck you. And I'm not going to, I do not feel that I owe you any kind of pussy just because I'm here and we're kissing on your fucking couch. Like I, I don't care. I'm definitely going to back the fuck up and just tell you I'm not ready for that. And then you'll never see me again. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just, it's just the shaming for me. Like, you know, saying that girls don't fucking, you know, get persecuted on fucking line for being how they are or whatever the case. Like I said, I wouldn't personally get my ass on fucking line and talk about all of the men who only prefer specific kind of women who look nothing like me because at the end of the day, there's somebody who loves and appreciate me. And that's what the fuck I'm focused on. These red pill niggas be hurt hurt especially the little dick ones clearly who get online and try to shame women and say oh you had to take 20 to 100 motherfucking dicks before you got the big dick that you wanted and desired well actually out the gate bitch i was able to have the privilege and therefore after that hoe because i investigated these situations before i allowed somebody to insert their dick into me i've had some very great experiences now there have been niggas that i had to tell we ain't doing that you know what I'm saying? Because like I say, you can gauge, you can feel around. And not only that, but, you know, if you, I don't understand what these niggas feel, uh, 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 are understanding, but there are definitely women out there who have watched porn. Like I have, def- I've told y'all, like I've been exposed to porn at a young age. So I got to see what I liked you know, and the variety of that, at least visually, before I even started having sex, what I thought was visually appealing to me. So you, <sighs> child these niggas be stupid but anyway his raggedy ass had more to say so we're gonna get into that and of course i'm gonna be right back zambia zambia is in africa and in zambia and i'm just using this as an example right in zambia my home country there are people who've never had mexican food in fact i would like bet the majority of people there have never had mexican food there's not a lot of mexicans in africa anyways my point is this they don't know it They don't miss it, and they don't know what they're missing out on, right? But go to Africa and give them a taste of uh, Burrito Supreme. I know this is all fake Mexican food, man. Bear with me. Taco Bell. Give them a taste of Taco Bell. Some of them will love it. They'll never forget it. Why? Because they tasted it, right? You see, at one point, women didn't go through an extensive whole face. It didn't happen as much as it does today. And in the past, they didn't have preferences in horse peckers. You know what I mean? They didn't sit there and think to themselves, oh, I like this. I like that type. I like it. Oh, I like it when it has a curve in it. That's a result of 304 galore. That's a result of an excess of women who belong to the streets. It's like people who try drugs, man. People who try drugs wish they never tried drugs because now they know how good it feels. Right? Like that girl commented and said, hey, I thought my baby daddy was the best until I tried somebody with a horse pecker. I've been fucked up since. That's what she said. Because ideally, man, what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to find a woman who's not so damaged that she's not able to be customized for you. Right? In a perfect world, a woman would find her man and enjoy him. He would please her. 
and she wouldn't know any better, any difference, and she would accept that pleasure and actually enjoy it. But when she's been running through the streets, getting ran through, living the three or four life, hot girl summer life for a decade, and at 30, now she's trying to get married. Now she's wondering where all the good men at. Now she's trying to figure out why no one has good sex. And my point is this. Too many women today are slaves to the D. They've experienced a little too much liberation, right? They've put in overtime in hot girl summer. They probably should have chilled at like number 10. And men would have still said, okay, you know, rather it be like five or six, but 10, babe, I can do that. I can do that. Okay. And guys, don't ask women their body count. They're just going to lie to your ass. They're just going to lie. But no, they want to chill at 60. And women would say, well, what's wrong with that? That's her past. She's done. That shouldn't affect what you have now with her. What you have with her is special. Bullshit. You just made it that much more difficult for your future man, your potential husband, to please you. Now, to address a question that some of you may be asking yourselves right now, is there hope for men who lack in size? Yes, there's hope. In fact, there's lots of hope. Because lacking in size, man, only means one thing. It means that you're going to have to do a little bit more work to get a woman to finish, right? To get her to reach climax. Not more physical work, but more mental work. This means you gotta work harder to have your woman's mind. You gotta work harder to dominate your woman mentally, right? It means you're gonna have to do a little bit more and you're gonna have to focus more on the mental game. And that will compensate for where you feel like you might be lacking. And when I say dominate her mind, I'm not talking about like in an oppression sense, right? I mean more admiration for you. She needs to respect you. She needs to look up to you. She needs to put you on the pedestal. Now, this will require an abundance mindset, right? You will have to carry yourself like you live an abundance life. Being desperate, being clingy being insecure, those don't show alpha mentality. Those don't make her want to chase your validation. Having an abundance mindset, meaning that she needs to feel like at any moment, you can have her replaced. She needs to know that you have options. And the best way to do this is to be willing to walk away. A man who's willing to be able to walk away and not be too emotionally wrapped up in a woman, she'll respect you, right? And along with that, The other very important things you're gonna have to master, a masculine frame, right? That will get her in that mindset, that feminine mindset. When she sees you carry yourself like a man, she'll respect that about you. Watch the way you talk. Don't be so emotional. Don't be so quick to answer. Stoic, calm, zen. Being at peace, man, is attractive to women. Being at peace. A lot of women are highly emotional. There's a lot going on in their minds, especially when it comes to the bedroom, right? You wanna make sure that you are center at all times. She'll feel your masculine energy. She'll see your abundance mindset. What you do before you get in the bedroom 
what you do before you put anything in, that matters the most, especially for guys who feel like they're lacking, especially for guys who feel like they're lacking. The truth is, man, sex starts at hello. Right when a woman meets you, she can tell, are you desperate? Are you complimenting her a little bit too much? Texting her paragraphs? Are you always insecure, wondering where she's at? Are you highly emotional? Be the calm. Be the calm. Be center. All that is very, very attractive to women, man. Texting her paragraphs. Are you always insecure, wondering where she's at? Are you highly emotional? Be the calm. Be the calm. Be center. All that is very, very attractive to women, man. Don't give her validation at all. No free validation. This includes compliments. This includes you staring into her eyes like you fucking love her or some shit. You, you weirdo. Control yourself. Wait for her to make the first move. Switch it up, man. Stop being thirsty. It's not the notebook. Stop Twilight. Controlled, centered, masculine, focus on your purpose. First of all, bitch, let's be very fucking clear. So you expect the woman or a woman's first experience with a man to be the most greatest fucking experience. First of all, a lot of people are having sex Mm, I had I started having sex around 17, 18, you know what I'm saying? Um, but that's still pretty young. And I know people who have sex younger than that. Um, you're expecting these dudes to be sexual fucking savants out the gate and it be and and for women to be accepting of whatever sex that man has given them and thinking that this woman is supposed to think like, Oh my God, this is the greatest experience ever. Sweetheart. You can still have never had sex, get sex and think that is a fucked up experience. I've personally talked to people who have been turned off from sex the very first time they've got it. So to say that a woman is supposed to out the gate, Get this man who is supposed to naturally be this fucking sexual savant at the age that we all started having motherfucking sex. And for that to be the best thing or for her to think that this is the best thing she's ever motherfucking had. And for whatever reason, her to leave that situation and to go out into the world and think, you know what? Now I have to try a thousand motherfucking dicks in order to get what I desire is fucking. Who is this nigga? Like. Son, like this, it's, it'd be like, I really be listening to this shit for y'all. You know what I'm saying? But it is fucking complete. This is why I stopped listening to shit like this. Dumb ass niggas who get on the fucking internet and give their interpretation of what women want, how we feel and how we decide to go about giving our vaginas to whoever the fuck we decide to give it to. Not every woman is out here fucking on a thousand fucking niggas. I understand that that might be you know, um, promoted in the media and all of this other kind of different shit. But you even see from celebrities themselves, they talk about fucking on a whole bunch of different people whole time. They be at home chilling with a man. 
cooling with their man, faithful to their fucking man, cooking and cleaning, doing all of the shit that they say and they're not doing in these fucking songs. I think that people need to understand that there is a difference from entertainment and fucking reality. And even at a young fucking age with me listening to Little Kim, me listening to Trina, me listening to all of these nasty fucking lyrics that these women had out, it did not make me want to be like, you know what? I have to go and seek this crazy dick that she is talking about. I have to have as many fucking niggas as Little Kim mentioned in how many licks with motherfucking Cisco. I have to have an abundance mindset myself. Speaking of the abundance mindset, what he is essentially saying is that you had to manipulate a woman into fucking respecting you. I'm telling you, a woman can have all of the respect in the fucking world for you and not get your sex, fill your fucking penis after however long y'all been motherfucking talking and still will not give you no motherfucking pussy. So the fact that you think that you, listen, that might work for some women, but it ain't going to work for all. Okay. It's not thinking that you're going to manipulate a woman into wanting to have your attention and your time just because you got a whole bunch of little, I'm going to be like, I don't understand why these bitches just tracing this shrimp ass nigga. Like the fuck. And I'm definitely not going to be considering you for no fucking relationship, nigga. Like what? Huh? I can respect you and not want to fuck you at all. I'm telling you, I've been in a situation where somebody physically looked exactly the way I wanted them to look, but the dick didn't match up. So I could not fuck with him. He was a vibe. Everything, everything was everything. Physically, everything, height, shoots, everything. And this nigga did not meet the fucking mark. He didn't. And it was a, it was a long time. It was a Louis, we kicked it a lot of times. And I felt it and was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I am not doing a disservice to my pussy and fucking on anything that I feel like is not valid. No, I don't give a fuck how cool you are. And I still have respect for you as a person. I will still continue to talk to you, but I don't. And I listen, and, and you know, what's crazy that he mentioned an abundant mindset because this dude, while I was like entertaining him and shit like that, he was telling me about the shorties he was talking to and all of this, you know, this abundance of women who was on his dick and all this, that and third. And I'm thinking to myself, bitch, why? He was telling me no funny shit. He was telling me that bitches was coming to his job just to suck his dick. And I'm like, these bitches is retarded. These hoes got to get a motherfucking check because to get on a fucking bus (laughs) and come way cross fucking town or to hop in your fucking whip and come way cross town to suck your dick, nigga, bitch. No, I'm like, this nigga is he, he chatting. He gotta be motherfucking chatting. And people, and niggas are really starting, and niggas be really thinking like, because they mention other bitches, that's gonna make you want them more. If anything, that's going to repel me from you. You talking about you entertaining all of these bitches. I'm not about to be 101. I don't care to be on your roster, my nigga. I don't care how I don't care how much I like you. You know what I'm saying? If I'm entertaining you in a way where I'm feeling like, yo, I'm really feeling you and I want to get to know you more than just on some friendship and maybe entertain a relationship with you, I want you to get rid of all of them bitches. And if you don't, well, then I got to, you know, exit stage left. I'm not about to be in competition with other bitches. Now understand, I understand how dating works. I understand that a man can have a roster. He absolutely can. But if you, if you're not making, um... 
if you're not giving me your time, if you're not giving me your energy, if you're not making me feel through this dating period while you have entertained or are going on dates with these other women that we are being progressive and all of that, my nigga, I'm not putting too much energy into you. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like a connection should just be natural. I shouldn't feel like I'm in competition with anybody the fuck else, even if you are entertaining other people. Because if we naturally have a dope-ass chemistry and a connection, we're going to naturally want to spend more time together. We're going to naturally want to be around each other. We're going to naturally want to fuck on each other. Like, I'm not going out my way to be like, nope, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, bitch. If you don't see that, then I'm not trying to prove it to you. The fuck? I'm dope on my own. I'm not trying to do too much for too little. Literally, too little. You got that strip in between your legs and bitches is coming across town to suck that. Them bitches is delusional, bro. You got me fucked up. So me personally, when he was talking or discussing the body count thing or whatever the case, I, I for me, I'm I'm the kind of person to believe any month any number is gonna be too high for you know a person that you motherfucking like. To be honest with you, I'm mad that you even had a motherfucking ex for real. Like, bitch, why the fuck was this bitch ever in the picture? Why didn't you know I was in existence? Why haven't you you know been with me your whole entire life? But anyway, I digress. But like like I said, I'm 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 fucking with y'all, but y'all know what the fuck I mean. But my whole thing is like. I'm not personally going out my way to ask anybody's body count because I don't give a fuck. Like, as far as you taking care of your health, as far, as far as you not entertaining a whole bunch of women and dipping your dick in every fucking thing that's motherfucking moving and shit like that, that's the shit that I honestly care about. And I understand me... <clears throat> what I essentially feel like is... Like I was telling somebody yesterday, I don't think that niggas necessarily, I feel like they do care about the number, but I care, I think they care about more about the good experiences that you've had, you know, because if I come to you and tell you hypothetical number, if I come to you and tell you like, yeah, I've been with 12 people and to be honest with you, like all of those situations were fucking horrible. You as a man are going to probably hear that and be like, oh, you dealt with 12 people and all of your situations was horrible, and I know I can fuck good, I'm about to rock your fucking world, you about to be on my dick indefinitely, versus coming and talking about your experiences with a dude and saying like, yo, I've actually had some pretty good, great sexual experiences with 12 dudes, you know what I'm saying, and that happens to be my number or whatever the case may be, he's probably gonna be a little bit more apprehensive because he doesn't know what that great sex entails, he doesn't know how nasty these niggas are, he doesn't know if they are sexual savants. So to me, though I do think they do care about the body count, I think they give a fuck about more if you had these great fucking experiences because they don't know how to measure, excuse me, they don't really know how to measure um, if their sex is gonna be better than anybody else's. And I also would like to say this as well. I don't give a fuck about what any other bitch did to the nigga that I'm trying to fuck on or I am fucking on because listen, this pussy, like I said, pops like fucking lollies and I don't give a fuck about what the next bitch did. I know that my sex is fucking amazing. I've literally had no fucking complaints and I'm I'm really bragging right now. I, I typically don't fucking do this. I'm really more of a shower rather than a teller because like I said, it'll just speak for it motherfucking now am i this you know super motherfucking porn star where my motherfucking knees don't get tired of all of that listen i live in fucking reality no 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if I lean, if I lean my legs a certain fucking kind of way, they might creak a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But that's besides the motherfucking point. What I'm basically saying is I'm, um, um, am a person who enjoys sex and I know that I am good at it. And I know that your experience with me is going to be amazing. If not the best experience, one of the best experiences that you are going to have, you know, cause I don't, I'm not just, I'm like one of those people who was like very intense when it comes to sex. I, I don't like regular, you know what I'm saying? I don't like the vanilla shit, you know what I'm saying? So when he's talking about, you know, the, 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 <laughs> when he's talking about the number and all of this kind of other different stuff, it does absolutely matter to a man, but who the fuck is asking about fucking numbers at the age that we are now? Like, bitch, get it together. So what I also will say is that he was right on two things. I do think that there is hope for men of a particular size that are average or below average because there are not every woman desires a man fucking dingo. Like I remember having a conversation with my cousin and she was saying she likes little dick niggas because it makes her feel powerful. It makes her feel like she's swallowing with like a nine inch fucking millimeter. It makes her feel like she's doing her shit. But also this nigga cheated on her. So even to get with a little dick nigga, it's still does not make you exempt for getting you know shitted on at the end of the day because a nigga who gonna cheat is a good nigga who gonna cheat whether he got a little dick or not but this whole this whole thing that he's saying about you know dudes who are smaller in size winning I think that there are a designated amount of women who do um who will feel okay with you just being your size and how you are but to be totally fucking honest with you if you are a woman like me we not going back no, we, we fucking with a particular size. If you not even that at that size or like in that neighborhood, like, um, I'm sorry. And I didn't, like I said, I started out the gate with somebody like that. I didn't have to run through a whole bunch of abundance of fucking niggas in order to be like, this is my king motherfucking dingling and yeah so yeah I do think as a man with a smaller size you can absolutely win but I do think that you need to understand what works for you and how to get that woman off sexually um a lot of women just really enjoy penetration like if I really had to pick penetration overhead I'm picking fucking penetration for 200 Alex okay um (laughs) because that is what counts. Like I said, I like a man to make me flinch. And I'm, I don't really could give a less fuck about your tongue. Like, I'm not even a person who really um, <clears throat> cares about really oral sex for real. Like, that's not really... I mean, it's cool and shit like that if you know what you're doing. But it's not one of those things like, it's like, oh my God, I gotta... Like, I have to have it. Like, nah. I mean, it's cool for what it's worth or whatever. But it's just like, if I had to choose, you know which one I'm choosing. So, <clears throat> but... If you are a man who does lack in size, um, you do need to worry about, or not need to worry about, but you need you need to figure out how can I sexually stimulate this woman, be it oral, be it foreplay, be it all of these other kind of different things that gets her mind running and going. Um, I think that's what he maybe was essentially trying to say, but I got lost when he was losing me when he was talking about abundance mindset and making her feel, you know, like you got all of these other women and not to compliment her or do all of this kind of different stuff. First of all, if you are a little dick nigga, 
and you are doing, first of all, if you are any dude, period, whether you're a big dick or a little dick nigga, and you feel like you don't need to compliment a woman, you don't need to do this and you don't need to do that in order to let her know that you are interested in her or whatever the case may be. Like I said, that might work on a small percentage of women, but women who are actually confident, women who want to be reassured by the men who want to be inserted in them, they are going to require that. And if you don't give them that, then they're going to say, bye, bitch. The fuck? Well, what you won't do, another nigga will. And it's really, listen, disservice is the word of the fucking day. It's really a disservice for you to be a little dick nigga and you not to think that I don't have to compliment this woman. I don't have to do, I mean, just minute period. But you know, especially if you a little dick nigga where you feel like you don't have to stroke this woman's ego in order to convince her. I do definitely feel like she does have to gain your respect regardless of your size. But you are... Listen, if if you're not showing me that you like me, and let's just say hypothetically, I would entertain a little dick nigga. You know, if you're not doing all of this other kind of different stuff, and then I find out that your shit is the shrimp, I'm violating the fuck out of you. Like, you got me sitting here fucking worried about myself and my motherfucking self-confidence. Like I said, hypothetically, because y'all know this ain't me. But you got me worried about my motherfucking self-confidence and all this stuff because you not motherfucking complimenting me and shit. And whole time, you got the shrimp in between your legs. Whole time, you making me feel like I got to chase the validation of you in order to be on your fucking roster. First of all, what I think he's essentially saying with these little, he's talking about having an abundance mindset because if you don't have an abundance mindset as a little dick dude, then nine times out of 10, you already know out the motherfucking gate, most women desire to be with a man of a particular size. So I can't match up. So I have to keep other bitches on my fucking roster because should this one not like this little shrimp, I need to find another one who does and another one and another one and another one. But understand this, not every little shrimp dude wants to be out here And you know what I'm saying? Fucking on all of these different women. Some of them do desire to be in relationships. You can't expect the whole male race to just want to be these fucking players. Not every dude wants to be a player. Some dudes do want to be locked down and shit like that. But the last thing that I want to say that I think that um, he hit the nail on is that you do have to be a man of confidence. But sitting up here and saying that you're not going to compliment anybody, you're not going to do this and you're not going to do that. I'm not going to check up on my woman. I'm not going to make her feel like I'm in love with her. And all of this, uh, I'm not going to be texting her paragraphs. Listen, for the woman who likes you, for the woman who is right for you, she enjoys all of that shit. She's not looking at this situation as, oh, this nigga's a simp-ass nigga. He's sending me this long-ass paragraph and all of this. If you are truly the woman, if you are truly the man who she wants to be with, she is going to enjoy you calling her a lot. She's going to enjoy you texting her a lot and sending her all of the, and complimenting her all because you are exactly who she wants to be with. Now, if you are wasting your time on women and overextending yourself for women and, com- and, and, and and conversing with them way too much or trying to converse with them way too much when you know they have low interest in you, when they don't want to be bothered with you, then again, you are doing yourself a disservice. But I'm not going to let him fucking say that us as women don't enjoy us, our men going denies and sending us, you know, 
random long paragraphs and telling them, telling us that they love us and, you know, giving us all this attention and affection. We love all of that fucking shit. Much like, like he said, men need validation. Men want to feel like they are king fucking daddy dick of the world. We like to feel like we are queen. We like to feel like we the hate uh, the HBIC and all of that other kind of different stuff. But that's just my take on this whole raggedy ass fucking situation. I, I to be honest with you, like I said, if nigga, you got a little dick, then just fucking say so. Stop fucking shaming women who want to be with a man um, who is a particular size and telling them they have to go through this abundance of fucking niggas in order to find it. And for the men who do lack in size, try to figure out what your woman specifically um, desires as far as what will get her off if you feel like your dick is just not going to measure up. There are going to be a whole bunch of different women who do, who are size queens, but at the end of the day, there are a group of women who do not give a fuck if you got three, four inches. I'm just not one of them. So I am just going to conclude this episode here. Um, I did not forget about putting out the playlist, um, for copyright purposes and all of this other kind of different stuff. I think that I'm only going to be able to just to put out the list. I'm probably going to post it on my Facebook and my Instagram page as far as like the playlist or whatever. I would, trust me, I would love to give y'all a whole fucking, um, like a designated, um, a designated auto playlist on my anchor page so that y'all could just, you know, turn it on and listen to the music and stuff like that. But for copyright purposes, I'm not going to be able to do that, but I will definitely give y'all a list every single week. I know I did not put out a list this week because I was literally thinking about it. And I was like, I don't want my page to get pulled down or all of this other kind of different stuff. Y'all already know I keep it real simple with the music intros because I know that's what y'all like and enjoy. But I listen, I'm, I'm thinking about my livelihood here. So I'm sorry, but I hope y'all all enjoyed this motherfucking episode. I hope it was entertaining. I hope you got a good laugh. Um, of course, give me all of your feedback, your love, your likes, your, you know, your shares, your attention, you know, <laughs> like y'all give me every single motherfucking week. And of course, this is Tatiana and it's the Hard Pill Podcast. And I hope y'all join me again for another motherfucking episode. Um, another word of the day is motherfucking um, be sure to hit me up on the Hard Pill Podcast page on Instagram. Also, my Scared Money Don't Make Money page on Instagram. Hit me up on Facebook. Like I said, give me all of the commentary. Let me know if you enjoyed this episode, any topics that you want me to speak about on all of that other kind of different stuff. And y'all be good. How y'all be good and all of that. And I'm out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hard Pill Podcast. And again, I am your host, Hatiana, and I love that you allowed me some of your time today. Follow and turn on all of your post notifications for all updates. You can reach me at the Hard Pill Podcast on Instagram, and you can also follow my personal page, which is Scared Money Don't Make Money. That's S C A R E D M O N E Y. D-O-N-T-M-N-E-Y. You can also DM me with all your questions and any topics that you guys would like to discuss. And if you would like to donate to the pod, you can cash at me personally at H-E-N-N-Y-F-I-N-E-S-S-E-E. That's H-E-N-N-Y-F-I-N-E-S-S-E. Love you guys. Bye.